Welcome to another Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. I created this show with the intention of empowering others to help and love themselves. Aside from weekly skin tips, you will hear me spotlight extraordinary souls from around the world who are making a difference by helping people in their own way. Together, we can all make a difference, and it starts with love, love from the hip. The word liminal is derived from the Latin word limen, which translates to threshold. It also means of or relating to an in-between, transitional, or intermediate state. Liminal space is to be on the precipice of something new, but not quite there yet. One can be in liminal space physically, emotionally, spiritually, and or metaphorically. The concept of liminality was first introduced by German-born French ethnographer and folklorist Arnold van Gennep in the early 20th century. Known for his study of the rite of passage rituals, Arnold used liminality to describe the time in which people are on the threshold of entering a new phase in their life, having left the previous one behind. Studying various people of Africa and Oceania, Arnold noticed that the ceremonies held marked the transition from one phase of life to another, like in the case of birth, death, and puberty. And although they were different, they shared a universal meaning of celebration. Ceremony, Arnold felt, was significant in helping individuals adhere to new identities while surrounded by community. In 1967, Scottish cultural anthropologist Victor Turner reintroduced the importance of liminality in his essay entitled Betwixt and Between the Liminal Period and Rites of Passage. In it, Turner explored the human reactions to liminal experiences and the way in which liminality shaped human personality. Not only did Turner believe that all liminality eventually dissolved, but also he noted the feeling of comradeship within a group having the same liminal experience, which he called communitas. German-Swiss philosopher Karl Jaspers brought about the concept that a liminal situation can be applicable to an entire society. He called his theory axial age, which was an in-between period between two structured worldviews and between two rounds of empire building, essentially a time of great uncertainty for entire civilizations. Political and social revolutions, which result in a complete collapse of order and lead to significant social change, can be seen as such. In psychology, liminality is used to describe the psychological process of transitioning across boundaries and borders. Many of us get stuck in these liminal spaces, which has key consequences. Middle-aged adults, for instance, get caught in the liminal space between adulthood and old age, otherwise known as a midlife crisis, which stems from an identity confusion of not feeling like one fits in the categories of adulthood nor old age. Other major life events like marriage, pregnancy, and divorce can throw off our identities and put us in a transitory space which requires or motivates us to change. Our previous identities may try to persuade us back, while our new identity tries to propel us forward, creating this tug of war, which can give us feelings of anxiety, frustration, fear, anger, guilt, shame, and more. In architecture, a liminal space serves as a physical connecting place between two places like hallways, stairs, corridors, backrooms, and lobbies, for example. It is merely a waiting space or a connection to more important rooms. There are many locations that are also considered liminal places like airports, as well as train and bus stations. These are places one passes through and do not serve as destinations. All of these places require one to sit with themselves, but also at the mercy of happenstance and coincidence with complete strangers. Architects love to design liminal space with the hope of making people more aware of oneself in relation to the environment which surrounds them. There is no doubt we collectively experienced a liminal space during the pandemic. We were all, quote, betwixt and between, end quote, with no real knowing of where we were going and with no going back to where we had been. We were all being held in a waiting room, a space between. While it was mostly scary, uncertain, unnerving, disheartening, and shocking, conversations did begin. Collaborations spawned. 
inventions were made and community was held. And after we, humanity, transitioned past COVID, celebration and ceremony was given, and many of us arrived at or closer to our true self. The liminal space allowed us opportunity to take a closer look at how we have been living our lives and whether or not we agreed with it. As Turner said, the liminal space affords us the rare opportunity to contemplate for a while the mysteries that confront all men, including societal and personal difficulties, while allowing us room to learn from the ways of our wisest ancestors. Many of us took advantage of the liminal space to become truly who we are. For many, freedom was found in the space in between. Perhaps American astrophysicist Dr. Jedediah Eisler said it best. She referred to liminality as untapped genius, stating that there's freedom in the in-between. Freedom to create from the indefiniteness of not quite here, not quite there. A new self-definition. Today on Love from the Hip, it is my pleasure to have Sandy Hart on my show. Sandy will share with us wisdom from her book, The Liminal Odyssey, The Alchemical Power of the Spaces in Between, as well as explain her newfound concept of the liminal odyssey and how we can find power in life's pauses and miracles in the mundane. So stay tuned for more of this insightful show. The passing of our loved ones always proves to be very challenging, but can be met with ease when working with someone who can hold space, compassion, and especially someone who works across the veil. Allow Sakura Sutter, multidimensional channeler and intuitive medium, to be your spiritual guide with the other side. No matter if you choose to communicate with your transitioned loved ones to help you with the grieving process, or connect with spiritual, galactic, and other light beings to explore and dive in more on your spiritual path, Sakura can assist you. Not only does Sakura channel insightful messages, but she also incorporates her metaphysical tools to help you move through blocks and unprocessed emotions and feelings, providing you with a closure, relief, and new mindset to move forward. So don't hesitate to take your first step towards healing so you can start living your life once again. Remote sessions available. Contact Sakura at sakurasutter.com. That's S-A-K-U-R-A-S-U-T-T-E-R.com. Taking care of your body's largest organ can be difficult, but not for Astera Skincare Mist. This topical skin spray supports your skin's own natural healing defenses. Astera Skincare Mist is a light misting spray, free of parabens, alcohol, toxins, and fragrance. This all-natural topical skin spray will take the woe out of your skincare worries without clogging your pores. Irritation, inflammation, redness, post-procedure sensitivities, no problem. With Astera Skincare Mist, you can continue about your day without the skin dismay. Acne, rosacea, psoriasis, sunburns, rashes, and fungus? Don't let these skin concerns inconvenience you. Instead, let Astera Skincare Mist allow you to be happy in the skin you're in. Available at Sakura Skin and Mind. Learn more at esteracare.com. That's E-S-T-H-E-R-A care.com. What would it be like to deeply remember the secrets of your soul so that you can travel the unknown with confidence and genuinely sit back, relax, enjoying life without all the everyday worries? I'm Gender Shen, a mystic mentor who guides you to align and amplify your soul's true mission. Get healing, clarity around your next steps, release unresolved guilt, agreements, and karma so that you can fulfill your purpose and reach your utmost potential while experiencing true freedom. Awaken the soul power within you today with me, Jen Duchenne. Learn more at jendushen.com. That's J-E-N-D-U-C-H-E-N-E.com. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Facebook and to subscribe and share my podcast, Love from the Hip. That's H-Y-P, anywhere you can find podcasts. Today, I have the pleasure of having Sandy Hart on my show. Sandy is an author, founder and president of Sarah, an interfaith community builder. Hi there. Thanks for being here today. Hi, I'm delighted to be here, Sakura. Thank you. And where are you joining us from? I am in Southern California right now with Grandmother Ocean, not that far from me. (laughs) Beautiful. So, Sandy, I have to ask, how did you come to learn about the word liminal? 
Because up until this interview, I had never heard of the word before. And until up to about an, a year and a half ago, right before I decided to write this book, again, I tried again to write this book, I had never heard of the word liminal either. And then a friend mentioned it. Um, we have a mutual friend and author and women's empowerment and thought leader, Jean Shinoda Bolin, um, was using this word a lot. And so it was shared with me and it took me a while to get used to the word. It's a very clunky word to say. And really all I knew about the word was that it meant threshold, the space between here and there, like you said, the place of the, our evolutionary growth, the place between crisis and choice, dilemma and action. Um, it can be a momentary threshold. It can be, you know, the length of the space we experience with COVID. It could be this liminal space we're in right now for this unknown place that is calling us. Right. You know, this we know we're breaking through somewhere new. That's the indicators of that are very clear. The you know the crashing of so many systems all around us, including the environment and our political system here in this country. Lots of things are falling apart right now so that then things can reemerge. So when I when I heard this word liminal, I gave it a little bit of thought. I thought that's pretty cool. It makes sense. Um, and kind of put it aside. It was playing in the background, perhaps. And mm -hmm. then I decided to start telling this one story that I've been trying to tell for a very long time. And then this word liminal popped up and I'm like, oh, wait, no wonder I couldn't tell that story because I wasn't paying attention to the right parts of it. Huh. Paying attention to the events that happened. I was paying attention. I, I needed to pay or I, I should be paying attention to what was going on inside of me. What was that liminal space like between this moment of opportunity, this this um, this calling to respond? What was that about? And I started writing. <laughs> it was your big aha. That was, well, this experience happened in 1982, but I finally got this aha, like, oh, I'm, get, I'm getting it. <laughs> I'm just beginning to get it. I'm, my big aha came when the book, book was published. And my big aha comes every day. And, and yeah. Sakura, if you saw my face during um, your introduction of the word liminality, it came again because <laughs> I learned so much more. There's this is untapped territory. This is like the wild west right now of understanding liminality because it's so vast and and important right now. It's time that we all get really used to that word. Yeah, lovely. And so I have to ask, what is the liminal odyssey then? And where would you say yours began? Well, my began in 1982 that I'm aware of. That's where I first thought it began. And I started telling a story about this experience that I had at a no nukes rally, a music festival called Peace Sunday at the Rose Bowl in Southern California. And it was a music festival and no nukes rally. And it was a cause concert, right? And it was a, um, a full day gathering. 100,000 people were there. There were thought leaders and, and environmentalists and religious leaders and um celebrities to talk to us about the importance of protecting him preserving our precious planet there were musicians that were woven in to every other speaker that were um everyone relevant since the 50s and 60s um and the and so that's how the day went and early in the day the mc comes to the microphone and says hey we just got a report from the parking lot it's going to be a very hot day and we got a report that your dog, there was a dog lo locked in a car. And if that's your dog, go roll the windows down. And there was a low grade boo that mm -hmm. hushed over the crowd and uh, the dog was forgotten, but I didn't forget about it. And when, when the, when the moment between speaker and band opened up, I started chanting, what about the dog? And I got drowned out. My next moment came after that you know, in between spaces in the liminal space, I guess you could. <laughs> and I started again. Now my friends started with me. And before I knew it, our whole section was chanting. And every time there was a lull between speaker and actually in some cases, it actually drowned out the speakers because you couldn't really even hear them anyway. You know, <laughs> yeah. but what about the dog? What? And it was it came from the other side of the stadium. It was I, I no longer it, the, it was it was happening with or without me. Wow. So 
it was that moment that I've been trying to write. And it wasn't until I understood this word, what that was about. And I could go back and go, okay, that was my first first experience that I had that I can recognize where the liminal odyssey was alive inside of me. And my invitation always to anybody is stop and think about an experience, an event, something that's kind of cool, something you clearly remember. And I, I, it doesn't even have to be clearly, but just something that impacted you. And, and ask yourself, what was going on in the spaces in between? Hmm. I know we're going to get to that, but it's, it's not just me. I, I, everybody has these opportunities, these moments to expand uh, any given situation. I have to ask Sandy, what happened to the dog? (laughs) <laughs> About seven o'clock, right before Mr. Stevie Wonder uh, was to take the stage, the MC came out and said, so you want to know about the dog? And the crowd went wild. I mean, I just remember trash flying in the air and everyone's crazy. She, she says, the dog is fine. Right? <laughs> right. So excited about that. And then Mr. Wonder asked for five minutes of silence so that we could all pray for peace. I don't think he would have gotten that silence hmm. if we didn't solve the big question of the day. And really, it makes us think about, you know, we we're all there for nuclear nonproliferation. We were all there for for the, you know, the, the survival of our our planet mm-hmm. and ourselves. Yet, no, we didn't forget about the humanity of the one dog. Yeah. Wow. It's so representative, isn't it? Yeah. Um, And so how would you describe what, I mean, what exactly would you say is a liminal odyssey? So the liminal odyssey is what you do in those spaces. And I've ascribed a certain number of skills that I identified through the process of writing the book. Now, I should just say the book wrote me because (laughs) I'm telling this story about Peace Sunday and the title of the chapter is What About the Dog? I, I I was I was really becoming more aware of of other stories. I'm like, oh wow, that's synchronistically connected to that story. I should put that story down. So I wrote myself a note, and before I knew it, I had eleven more stories. Hmm. And when I started writing those stories, I'm like, okay, well, with chapter one, I could I could say, okay, reverent listening was a real important skill for me. But what was it? Reverent listening, the sacred art of listening kept showing up for me. But as I'm writing about the next story, I'm like, oh, really? The trust frequency was really powerful there. And I found myself writing about that. And I went through all 12 skills and uh, all 12 uh, chapters and noticed, wow, I've ascribed particular conditions that were really skills and that's how I came up with the skills that and and I look back and I pulled those skills out and I'm like what is this about and I put those skills on their own page and I said wow not only are these a kind of a template but they are interrelated interdependent and mutually supportive and need to be practiced together so that they create a cohesiveness and when that when you when you're when you practice that now it's not just 12 skills now it's one big super skill that envelops all others and i and i'm sure of it that you and your listeners have if not many or uh, you know more than enough of them already in your toolkit that you pull out (laughs) When you are looking for ways to regulate your nervous system or make sense of something or 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 find you know find meaning in something that you already know. And and there's room for those in in this super skill as well. So the liminal odyssey is really what happens in those spaces in between. And when you make it an odyssey is when you start applying those skills and start really expanding that experience. Yeah. And like weaving those little threads, right? Those little threads of wisdom together. And you had you gave a beautiful explanation in your book about the comparison between Indra's net and the liminal odyssey. I was hoping that you could explain that or describe that for my listeners. Indra's net is this beautiful imagery of of a net that um, spans the universe. Um, And it was named after Indra Janali, who is in Buddhist tradition, a 
<clears throat> the king of the heavens. And the net is just like it sounds. It's a net. It looks more like a spider web. And those lines in the net, those threads, are our stories. And the each thread is connected in this geometric geometric pattern. And if you just Google and look up in images what an Indra's net can look like, you'll get all kinds of different imageries. Um, and yet, each one of them have a connection point. And those connection points are often reflective pools, mm. which is, a, you know, a metaphor in itself, isn't it? Right. A, por or, or, or pool, a pool of wisdom, a pearl of wisdom. Yeah. Um, and and life lesson. And in my case, and I this book is pretty vulnerable. I, I get pretty honest here. Um, those um, moments that aren't so bright and shiny that we look back on with with admiration but you know sometimes hold our throat and go i can't believe that happened to me ah it happened for you and that and if you look at that where that is on your indra's net you're going to go oh thank goodness that happened because you wouldn't have been able to connect these dots mm. or, or connect these threads mm -hmm. of these pearls of wisdom and this one led to all of these and um and the indra's net is such a powerful metaphor to keep in your mind when those difficult things happen which is usually when we try to pull up you know um you know helpful resources right through difficult times um and so it's a beautiful one it's and that amazing. would seem to help eliminate that whole victimhood too is that oh, life oh. is happening for you so much so and which leads to forgiveness mm -hmm. i'm not one to easily forgive i don't or at least i wasn't i i couldn't get over it i understood the concept i understand it's a burden you carry i understand that you're not forgiving the your the behavior or condoning it i should say I, it wasn't until i learned exactly what you just said mm. that um it's uh it's a way of of, of alchemizing um, it's a way of reframing. And then I got the image of, wow, you know, that experience not only got me there, um, it had to happen because I can't imagine my life without being there, wherever right. there is. And you couldn't move forward without putting it down, right? <laughs> so I, much weight that people carry. I've yeah. actually had an experience I tell in the book where I didn't even know I was carrying a 30-pound weight. And when I, when that moment of forgiveness hit me, I almost heard it hit the ground. Hmm. I mean, it's just like that. True. And the more I practice that and the more I'm aware of it, the more readily it comes. So all of these things require practice because that's the way our body is wired, right? right. That's what neuroplasticity has taught us, mm -hmm. neuroscience. Exactly. You know, you practice something over and over, it becomes a habit. You don't think about it anymore. So, Level, yeah. So, Sandy, when we first chatted, um, your liminal odyssey reminded me a lot of the hero's journey. How would you say they differ? Or do they? Oh, yes, absolutely. As a matter of fact, and I point this out too, the the liminal odyssey, uh, the, the hero's journey, I'm sorry, was a re something I've always paid attention to. I've always like, oh, okay, I see where I am on my hero's journey, my shiro's journey. Um, it's um, a common template, if you will, that was popularized by Joseph Campbell. And um, and he basically um, I was had taken this concept of, of um, the hero's journey to that was um, developed really by Carl, by Carl Jung and uh, applied it to comparative religion, right? Mm -hmm. And also, you know, and of the great myths and where we can see kind of a pattern, uh, um, stages of experiences that kind of go in a linear or maybe a circular um, fashion, um, which basically is the journey that someone takes that leads them back around to a place where now they're better than they started, right? right. That's I mean, just the very rudimentary exp exp uh, explanation of the hero's journey. And the um, the stages are like, uh, you know, are called the action. Um, assistance shows up. We, we take the plunge. We step into the 
the the the, the journey. We um, cross the line of no return. Um, we approach our mentors and, and meet our wizards, and and then find our higher calling. And then we are kind of dealt with the new crisis and um but then we eventually discover our reward and then there's resurrection or return to the happier place and and while that has great merit and there's so much to it when i was started when i was again when i was writing the book i was like maybe i can frame this in the hero's journey which in some ways i do but the hero's journey is flat literally it's flat that it was it was missing the mark for me because in my journey my story zigs and zags <laughs> my my res my circle never ends even in a spiral i keep coming back around to certain conditions right. you know it spiral so that wasn't so i thought okay we've just got to drop the confines of what was before us which informs us is important has incredible value I honor and respect it and will continue to study it probably for the rest of my life. Um, but it's time that we we look through th through a different lens right now and and um, and or apply the liminal odyssey in those spaces in between. Mm -hmm. But it's really helpful to know the, the hero's journey as it is to understand archetypes, because it helps us make sense and get our mind around where we're at, who who's really driving the ship and where are we on this journey? And it gives us hope. Right. Yeah. And propels us forward. <laughs> it really propels us forward, either around to a better place or up or wherever we go forward. It goes, takes us forward. And that's really another answer to what the liminal odyssey is preparing us all to be uh, in our absolute integrity for this unknown place we're going. And when I use that word integrity and I use it a lot and I always have to explain myself. So I'm, it, it's not heard as a word, a judgy word of morality, mm -hmm. <clears throat> which is largely how we, oh, she's out of integrity, I, which is true. If I'm out of my wholeness, I'm out of, I'm not in alignment with my, my higher and best intended self, my soul's calling really. Um, what so, I'm here, only I can do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love that explanation. Thank you for that. Well, with that, we're going to take a quick break, but everyone stay tuned for the Weekly Skinny Up next and more Love from the Hip. On this Weekly Skinny, I would like to talk about the Barbie drug, also known as Melanotan 1 or 2. It would seem, despite warnings from the TGA or the Therapeutic Goods Administration of Australia and other health administrations worldwide, Social media influencers are still promoting this dangerous tanning hack. Melanotan 2 can come in different forms, including nasal spray and also injections. Melanotan is a synthetic melanotropic peptide or an artificial form of a natural hormone found in our bodies called melanocyte-stimulating hormone, which stimulates the production of melanin or pigment. When it is injected into the body, Melanotan can stimulate a greater production of melanin, which in turn accelerates tanning. Melanotan 2 was originally researched as an erectile dysfunction and female sexual dysfunction drug, but ceased in 2003. Melanotan 2 is unregulated and illegal to sell in various countries, including the UK and Australia. A lot of influencers are still continuing to use its pharmaceutical name in order to legitimize the illegal injections they are in fact selling. Unfortunately, what these influencers aren't telling you is all of the harsh side effects that accompany the use of this product. These side effects can include nausea, vomiting, abdominal pain, anxiety, flushing, dizziness, headaches, and stomach pain, as well as an increase in moles and freckles. More serious side effects can include kidney damage and an increased risk of skin cancer. Doctors say that the overstimulation of the melanocytes can increase the risk of melanoma. Not to mention, melanotan users are also encouraged to use sunbeds, and just one use of a sunbed all on its own increases the risk of skin cancer by up to 67%. Other risks and dangers of using melanotan 2 are serious throat and or sinus infections from inhaling the tanning product. Others have reported lesions, fungal infections, and abscesses associated with dirty needles or shared needles through the injections. 
Also, because these products are unregulated and being distributed illegally, there is no way of knowing what other ingredients are in them. While it is challenging to regulate the melanotan 2 being sold on social media, dermatologists and estheticians hope that awareness of the dangers of this product will stamp its popularity out. Meanwhile, it is good to know that there are safer sunless tanning options available, which can include bronzers, lotions, and sprays. These typically contain DHA, or dihydroxyacetone, which is generally considered safe as long as you are not inhaling it or getting it into your eyes. It is also important to remember, however, that these still do not offer any sun protection. So applying sunscreen over top is a must. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. If you're just tuning in, I am having a lovely discussion with Sandy Hart on her new book, The Liminal Odyssey, The Alchemical Power of the Spaces in Between. So, Sandy, before the break, you were explaining that the liminal journey is more of a zigzag. Is that because we're repeating and relearning? Or why what, what, Why would you say it's zigzag? I think we're never really done learning. But it's not so much that we haven't learned our lesson. I think every time we um, we find a pearl of wisdom, a treasure that we can experience, it expands to perhaps another story. So we 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 start our our journey again if we have to be linear and 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 we're going all over the place. It doesn't necessarily mean we go in this progression going forward. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, um, evolutionary wise, yes, we are definitely going forward, but in terms of our journey, it it's not a process from A to Z, if you will. It's a constantly deepening experience. Mm-hmm. While while evolving us into our highest self. So you mentioned some of the archetypes in the liminal odyssey, and I was hoping that you could perhaps go over the maiden, the mother, and the crone. Mm, Yeah, the triple goddess, the maiden, mother, and crone. Um, The the, the triple goddess is um, identifiable not just by the cycles of the moon, but the cycles of blood flow in a woman. Um, and in, in, in the case that I'm making, we'll refer to the female anatomy. And they may, the maiden is in a state is, you know, when she first comes into her womanhood, her womb comes into its, its, its sacred purpose, its purposeful existence. Um, she's playful. She's creative. The mother then, now the womb is serving the greater good of the world and the community by reproducing and the um, conditions are, you know, the archetypal conditions of being responsive to others, being um, more systematic, more organized. And the crone is when the blood flow stays in the womb to serve as our nutrient. Hmm. Right. And so and that's where she's confident. She's comfortable. She's uh, she's very clear on what's important and knows that it's okay to let so much go while holding on to those things that are so important. And yet we it's not always um, it's not always assigned to age and to blood flow. I had many, a many a crone experiences while I was in mother, my mother, while I was raising my family and I was in that stage of my life. Um, and also, uh, you know, in, the, in my maiden stage of life, the maiden and the mother are always present in the crone because it's made up her life and it's part of who she is and informed that wisdom. So mm-hmm. it's necessary, just like those trials and tribulations inform our forgiveness and because they, they make up all of our beautiful parts. Right. The same is true for the archetype of the maiden mother crone. And so it's always good to know who is present in any moment. That's lovely. Okay, who do I need to call in right now? <laughs> That's great. But never lose the playfulness. <laughs> well, there's the so many juicy details and information and wisdom in your book, but I was hoping we can get right into the 12 skills that you list. Okay. All right. 
um, again, these all unfolded as my story was coming. And it's really, I think, really important to understand that they're, again, I'll say they're all interdependent, they're all mutually supportive, and together they create a cohesiveness. So it's really super valuable to practice them all the time um, so that they are that you don't think of them in this kind of siloed way. Um, the first is reverent listening. Um, that's required. And my favorite, my favorite poem is to listen another into a condition of discovery and disclosure may almost be the greatest service that one human being ever provides for another. Hmm. Discovery and disclosure is what happens also not just for when we're in conversation with someone else, but how are we listening to ourselves? Are we truly practicing reverence in our listening? Um, timefulness is a word that I coined. And timefulness is pausing in the spaces in between and expanding that to it's not it's it's not timeliness, mm. not taking time. It's really being in the fullness of that time. Love that. What Aristotle refers to um to the a condition of, of of this as it's the space in which the truth will be discovered right <laughs> and knowing that i don't have the answer right now it's going to come in Cairo. it's kairos time mm -hmm. it's in it's another way of practicing and then an understanding kairos time it's not chronos it's kairos um we talked about strengthening um the capacity for forgiveness uh that that's that's really important. Uh, recognizing our archetypal nature, um, recognizing that we are nature. Mm. Mm -hmm. Now, these all might sound like modalities to get to the skill, but they really are skills. Um, the um, the trust frequency. The trust frequency was is uh, it's a book. The trust frequency. You can find it on Amazon. It's written by the, some folks that have been become very very dear friends of mine connie baxter marlowe and andrew cameron bailey and the the trust frequency is based in what they consider 10 assumptions for a new paradigm those are um i'm just going to name a few of them that we live in an all loving you know um uh conscious universe um the universe um and the universe loves us unconditionally um free will is an absolute law um, of the universe. And my favorite um, is that circumstance informs our journey, hmm. is necessary for our journey. And that, and that leads me right into um, the next skill of the liminal odyssey of uh, cultivating synchronicities which means stopping in the places in between, practicing reverent listening, trusting what you're seeing. You can see how they are building blocks, right? right. And when we do that, we can see, you know, the synchronicities and synchronicities are how God talks to us, how spirit talks to us. However you ascribe the messages you get, the ahas you get, that's the, those synchronicities are those moments where we take a mundane experience and make it miraculous. Mm -hmm. And that's all I want for everybody is to live a miraculous moment, not right. just a, an absolute miraculous moment. Um, and so, um, and then from cultivating synchronicities, we have to practice mindfulness, right? And recognizing the science of our mind, that thoughts happen actually outside of the cells. And once again, our, our, how powerful our thoughts are that we create our reality, mm -hmm. um, which is also has something to do with a lot to do with the trust frequency um and um and uh uh let me see what else oh identifying our soul's purpose that's a big one oh. <laughs> okay jean shinoda bolin who i mentioned in the beginning of the show when you asked where i had heard or when i shared where i had heard about the liminal odyssey or the word liminal um we were at a conference and she asked this room full of women um, a question before we turned to one another and went into dialogue. What is your soul's, what is your planetary assignment? Hmm. And why aren't you living into it? And boy, did bells ring. I didn't have an answer. <laughs> bells rang that I cannot unring, right? And it took about six months for me to kind of go, oh, I got it. 
I know what it is. I know what I need to be doing. I know what brings me alive. I know what makes me happy. I know where the needs of the world are, is. Again, Aristotle, your calling is where your passions meet the needs of the world. Mm-hmm. Therein lies your calling is what he says. Um, the, the, the power of that is breathtaking. Right. And, and, and again, those skills that are building blocks have now made it so much more accessible to find that out. And then ultimately what it means to be the sacred gardener of that seed in your pocket, because you've now discovered what it is you need. You get to nurture and grow that seed in your pocket is your calling. What are you going to do with it? How are you going to nurture it? And what's the potential of that? And with that seed in your pocket, I saw that in your book, you mentioned the acorn when you were visiting Auschwitz and is it Birkenau? Birkenau. Yeah, Yeah, they're they're very close. They're like a mile, I think, or two from one another. Yeah. And what happened to that acorn? It's sitting on my desk right in front of me in a little dish. And what's so significant about that acorn? You think about what its potential is. Yeah, it's this hard little shelled little thing. Yeah. Most people just step right over them, the ones that don't make it into the ground. But the ones that do get seeded, do get nurtured by the the earth, first they have to fall apart. They have to disintegrate. Their DNA changes completely. Kind of like the butterfly to the caterpillar, right? Or the Mm -hmm. caterpillar to the butterfly, sorry. Um, they, They now start to fall apart and emerges something new and and something unrecognizable to its former self and then a potential of that acorn is could forest 10,000 more trees mm. and and now we have a forest of possibilities that puts off oxygen into the air that serves its greater purpose as a home and nutrients for other living things that seed is, it's just unfathomable joy for me to think about what that seed can become. And where you where you brought it from, right? So the meaning where I got it, um, I was um I, I was working on a project for for the One Humanity Institute, which is an initiative to create a peace institution on the grounds of Auschwitz or adjacent to Auschwitz. What an important place to have a peace institution, right? (laughs) And of course, COVID had other plans for us and it's become something else right now, but that's still the intention of it. And, um, and we were visiting this, these, the, the death camps and I saw this gorgeous oak tree and I was paying attention to trees everywhere I was in the camp and wondering how old they were what do they experience what do they know were they old enough to be there during the holocaust but this one tree definitely in the end of backside of Birkenau was big enough she had to have been over 100 years old Mm -hmm. so I asked permission and I laid a hug on her and uh, I could I could feel what I experienced in the moment right now Um, I heard raindrops and I looked and they weren't raindrops. She was raining acorns on me. <laughs> wow. Lovely. That's all. What little... do we do with that? What are we going to do with that? Are we going to mourn it forever or are we going to let it grow into its highest potential? What would the victims have wanted from, from that seed? Right. Wow. That's a lovely story. Thank you for sharing that. And with that, we're going to take another break, but everyone stick around for more Love from the Hip. Hypnotherapy helps you discover and explore deep, sustainable life changes. Let Sakura guide your communication with your unconscious mind. Rid yourself of negative behaviors, fears, pains, and emotions. Weight loss, smoking, childhood drama, chronic pain, and much more can be addressed. Begin healing now. Learn more at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A skinandmind.com. Bring out the healthy way of thinking you didn't know you had. The passing of our loved ones always proves to be very challenging, but can be met with ease when working with someone who can hold space, compassion, and especially someone who works across the veil. Allow Sakura Sutter, multidimensional channeler and intuitive medium, to be your spiritual guide with the other side. No matter if you choose to communicate with your transitioned loved ones to help you with the grieving process 
or connect with spiritual, galactic, and other light beings to explore and dive in more on your spiritual path, Sakura can assist you. Not only does Sakura channel insightful messages, but she also incorporates her metaphysical tools to help you move through blocks and unprocessed emotions and feelings, providing you with a closure, relief, and new mindset to move forward. So don't hesitate to take your first step towards healing so you can start living your life once again. Remote sessions available. Contact Sakura at sakurasutter.com. That's S-A-K-U-R-A-S-U-T-T-E-R.com. A health crisis is one of the most challenging situations we will experience in our lifetime. It leaves us frightened, confused, and asking, why did this happen to me? Transformational coach Rory Reich experienced his healing crisis when the life he had so carefully constructed came crumbling down around him. The universe had offered him a challenge. He chose to accept it and to rediscover who he was before it was too late. In his book, Transform Yourself Through Disease, Rory shares his personal journey alongside eight practical steps to help those who are stuck realize their self-impairing beliefs and discover ways of transforming them so they can reclaim their health and create the life of their dreams. Don't let your health crisis define you. Take the next step and transform yourself today. For a free life coaching consultation, contact Rory at RoryReich.com. That's R-O-R-Y-R-E-I-C-H.com. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. If you're just joining us, I have Sandy Hart here with us today. And please check out her new book, The Liminal Odyssey, The Alchemical Power of the Spaces in Between. It's a beautiful read. So, Sandy, I wanted to ask you, you had so many mentors and guides, you know, the angels and people that came out of the woodwork for you on your liminal odyssey, which is still continuing. (laughs) Can you talk about Grandmother Ocean? Yes, Grandmother Ocean. My first mentor, my second family. Um, I I grew up playing in the sand. I learned my greatest lessons from Grandmother Ocean, what it means to get caught in the white water when you're tumbling in this topsy-turvy manner. Mm-hmm. And, and the way to really regulate that is to find the bottom and let it all go over you. Yeah, she taught me so. Uh, she's playful. She teaches lessons. She brings you gifts <laughs> and quietly bows out of the room. Now, uh, you have this particular method of asking a question. Can you uh, explain that briefly? A very, very dear friend of mine is the spiritual leader of the of the indigenous people of the land that I'm on, um, the uh, Heshaman Band of Mission Indians. And we were we were at the ocean and and she goes, do you know, I'm going to teach you how to pray to Grandmother Ocean. She says, pick up a stone, any stone, and ask your question into it. And throw your your stone into the waves. Now wait for seven tides. And your answer will come to you. It'll be answered. And um, the, the the, the length of time that it takes for that seventh wave to come and it's hard to determine what's a wave all that you know you can discount all that i'm not ready yet that was was, (laughs) but if you're patient and timeful practice awareness and and um trust your answer will come and more of the liminal space right all about it yeah absolutely so where would you say liminal space is the most important the bonding agent of all the skills is awareness it's really necessary to practice awareness and awareness leads you to every single one of the skills and it makes every one of the other skills relatable to the other. So I would think practicing awareness, questioning assumptions, um, and becoming aligned with your soul's highest purpose. And when that happens, you're living in a liminal odyssey. Love that. And tell us more about Sarah. When and why did you start it? Sarah stands for the Spiritual and Religious Alliance for Hope. And, but the name Sarah came first. Sarah means, is, is known as the mother of all nations. She's a biblical figure, yet her, her, her appearance in the Torah, um, the Jewish Bible, is um, the life-giving source to the next generation of nations. And 
And yet the morning of 9-11, I was the director of sales and marketing for a major home builder, completely wrapped up in my kids' lives, all about numbers, all about, you know, big hair, big cars. And and I saw what everybody else said, saw on um, on television that morning. And before my feet hit the ground, I heard gather the women. I'm like, okay, yes, but where am I supposed to get these women? And what am I supposed to do with them when I find them? And I found myself into some living room dialogues that our Orange County Human Relations Commission had convened to to explore the level of tolerance in our community. And um, there I found the women. And uh, next month is our 20-year anniversary. Wow. SarahForHope.org. You can read all about it there. That's amazing. (laughs) <laughs> so I want to ask, what do you hope for this newfound concept of the liminal odyssey? What do you hope for the future? I hope that everyone finds their soul's purpose and lives into it because it's the, you're the only one that can can bring it. And we need everybody needs you to bring it. Everyone needs me to bring it. And because this unknown place that is calling us requires us to be in our full integrity because I don't want to poison the water hole when I get there. <laughs> right. Yeah. So what is my personal responsibility and privilege to that, to that seat in my pocket? I love that. And I want to ask also, have you always felt like you were meant for bigger and better things? Yes. And I always felt everybody has um the same capacity i really do and that's and and it's not out there and it's not consumerism it's not more to have more things um it's really about being the best us that we can be because we need each other Hmm. culture is nothing more than a collective agreement of all the parts what are we all going to agree on let's all agree to be on our integrity and create that culture for that unknown place that's calling us. And bring us all together. Yeah, I love that. We are all together. Just remember it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so how can my listeners learn more about you and also purchase your book? The liminalodyssey.com is the fastest way to get to everything. Um, and um, and if you if you use the um, the promo code alchemy there's a little discount a little gift lovely um, free shipping however if you'd like a free chapter go to liminalodyssey.com forward slash sakura oh <laughs> thank you a little abridged introduction and a free chapter wonderful thank you so much thank you for that and thank you for being here today and sharing your wonderful wisdom thank you for holding this space i love your program your thoroughness is just so breathtaking uh, I, I, I'm so grateful to be here. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you to Eric, my talented producer, you the listener, KKNW, KBKW, and Cape Town Zone Radio. Stay kind out there. Stay true to you. And don't forget, make self-love contagious. Go ahead. I dare you.